Good morning, church. Grace and peace to you from the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to this time of worship at Faith Community United Methodist. It's good to be with you in worship this morning. I, I would encourage you to fill out the attendance pads. You'll find those in, in each of the pews. Fill those out, pass them along uh, to others that are worshiping beside you this morning. And as you do so, make sure that you note the announcement sheet that is in your bulletin. And uh, I'm going to turn it over to Chad to. Uh, bring the announcements this morning. Okay. I have a couple of announcements before I start uh, the call to worship as your liturgist. Um, I'm, I'm speaking to you as your SBRC chair, um, and just a couple of announcements that if you've, if you've got an email and you read it, these are a little bit repeat, but I wanted to make sure I kind of talk to the congregation today at church as well. As you know, Pastor Andy's last Sunday with us is today, and we are making this a celebration and a, and, a, and a thankful goodbye for Pastor Andy. So please, please join with me in that prayerful celebration of Pastor Andy today. We have thank you cards uh, out there. If, if you don't have a thank you, but you want to you wanna give a thank you, we have extra thank you cards out at the table in the narthex. Please snag one now if you want or after service um, and, and say a couple kind words. Leave a couple kind words or a token of your thanks there. Um, and then afterwards, we have a thank you, farewell luncheon for Pastor Andy, Laura, and, and their family, just to thank them for all the great um, leadership, friendship, um, and uh, guidance that they've given our church over the past couple years. It's, it's, I 
couldn't pinpoint how many years. COVID was in there somewhere, so it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of hard to figure out how many how many years exactly. Three and a half. Three and a half. Wow. <laughs> then a couple other announcements. Um, Pastor Jeff Bandy, um, you got my email, and we are so happy to welcome him and his wife and his family to our church. They are starting um, with us on February fifth. That's their Mar- first March fifth. March fifth. Thank you. <laughs> I wrote it down. March 5th, that's their, that's their first Sunday. Um, and we're excited to have them. We looked for, we looked for an, uh, uh, someone that could fulfill our role as, as we look to be a growing church in the future. And, and they really, um, we, we talked to them, we were introduced to them, and uh, our SBRC was very, um, very, very pleased with, uh, with that introduction. So that's Pastor Jeff Bandy and Suzanne. Um, in the meantime, um, Pastor Vic Tony will will uh, gracefully help us out in the interim. He's our interim pastor. Um, he's going to say a, a couple words with me here after the children's moment. But he, we welcome him. He's going to start uh, preaching next Sunday in the in the month of February. Um, I think that's about it. So everything else, I'm going to c- cut it short. Everything else is listed in your announcements. And please rise and join with me in your call to worship. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. We begin in the name of the Lord who made us. Let us sing and worship together as we praise God's holy name. Please remain standing and join, join with me, hymn 89, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee.
You may be seated. And please join with me in our opening prayer found in your bulletin. Be gracious to us today, our Lord, for we are in need of your mercy. We are often quick to doubt and slow to pray. We are tempted to let go of faith when we need to hang on. We are discouraged by wrong when we need to be encouraged by your spirit. O God, we are thankful for the strength you give us to trust in you all the days of our lives. Amen. Any children that are with us, can you come up here for our children's moment? Okay, I'm, I'm, we're going to pass around a little packet for you guys to, to have during service. What does that say on that card on the front? What does that say? Thanks. Thanks. So I, what I have there is a, a thank you note with a blank side and an envelope. So I wanted to tell you a little bit about myself. When I, when I was young, I couldn't help but draw and doodle during church and during the church service, I was taught that it wasn't such a bad thing, and actually, um, my family could tell you that I still do that, don't I? I'm still doodling, and I swear, Pastor Andy, I'm paying attention. I, I actually think it actually helps me sometimes pay attention as I doodle and make little notes. Um, like I said earlier, one of the things that we are focusing on today is it's Pastor Andy's last Sunday, and we are so thankful for his time with us, and sometimes it's time to say goodbye, and it is very good, it is very good to share your thoughts um, with a pastor, with in, anybody when you're saying goodbye, how you feel about them. And so we, we would like to leave a thank you, maybe in writing or after service, if you want to say something, that's a good time too. Um, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to share your thoughts with Pastor Andy, Laura, and their family in, in a little note. It could be a picture. Um, it could be whatever you want. So you have this little packet, the rest of the service, I'm sure you're going to be listening attentively, but you're all, you also could leave a note if you wanted to, or a picture. My grandma always said, you make sure that you sign a picture that you give away because one of the most important things for those people who get a, a note or a picture from a loved one is that they know and they remember who it came from. So make sure you put your name on it, okay? So we are going to also do something next during our children's moment. We're going to kind of, um, we're going to do something that will keep you guys up here to say another kind of thank you to Pastor Laurel. Pastor Andy and Laura, um, we are gonna we're gonna do what what our church says is laying on of hands and saying a prayer for Pastor Andy as he moves to a new church. Um, the laying on of hands, coming forward and, and laying on of hands, is like the church's version of a big goodbye hug. Okay, so um, Pastor Andy and Laura, if you could come up here, and then anybody who would like to come forward, if you're able, please come forward and lay 
lay hands and thank and bless Andy with us. Please come forward. And if you are not able to come forward, uh, your hand outstretched also is significant. Pastor Vic Tony is our interim and also a lot better at speaking and praying, I know, than I am, so I'm going to pass the mic. No pressure there. As you come up, we Christians don't believe in accidents or just circumstances. God is in what goes on. This is part of God's plan. We will miss Andy and Laura so much, but it's not a mistake that they're leaving because God has a work for them there, and Pastor Bandy, who's coming, they have a work here. All good things come from God, and God will bring great good, but it doesn't mean we don't grieve they're leaving. But right now, we're going to acknowledge the sovereignty of the Lord and His providence by laying on of hands and praying for, for God's mercy and grace. Almighty and gracious God, we thank you uh, for your servant who has come and served here, Pastor Andy, and for his whole family, and for Laura, uh, all that they've done, the sacrifices they've made, the care that they've given, uh, the, 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 the depth of spirituality, their leadership. We just thank you so much. And we just pray as they go to Cincinnati that you will bless and multiply their ministry. Give them all the grace, mercy, and wisdom they need in that new uh, ministry in Cincinnati. Give them safe travels. We pray for the pastor who's coming, Pastor Bandy, that you would prepare he and his family and bless their ministry here. Most of all, help us all to keep our eyes on you, the author and finisher of our faith, as we acknowledge your sovereignty and your perfect will in this matter. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Okay, you convinced me I'll stay. <laughs> well, no, I can't, but uh, you sure aren't, aren't making it easy for me. Uh, but I, I really appreciate all of you, all that you've done for me personally and for our family and for the ministry here at Faith Community that I know is going to uh, continue. Uh, we're going to turn to our prayer hymn now, which is number 140 in the hymnal. You can remain seated as we sing together, Great is Thy Faithfulness.
As we come to our time of prayer, we want to remember the Hurley family. Uh, Jim Hurley did pass away, and uh, so we want to be in prayer for them. Uh, Pastor Vic has already been with the family this morning, and I uh, so much appreciate his ministry uh, with them and with all of you uh, during this time of transition. We do want to lift them all in prayer. Let us, uh, in this time of silence, remember the Hurley family and others on our hearts this morning who are in need of our intercessions. Let us pray. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. When all else fails, when nothing around us seems certain, still we can rely on you, for your faithfulness is unending. Your love for us is perfect. Your will is so wonderful, and your sovereignty is above all. We trust you and we thank you for offering us the faith to know that you are our God, to know that Jesus is our Savior, to know that the Holy Spirit is with us to strengthen us through all things. Thank you for being our friend. Thank you for being our Lord. We pray, Lord, that we would faithfully follow you each and every day. And we acknowledge that we fail to do that each and every day. And still you love us. Still you forgive us. And so forgive us once again. Wash over us with your holy grace. Restore us to right relationship with you and with one another. Watch over each of us. And watch over this congregation. We pray these things in Jesus' name as we offer to you now the prayer that he teaches us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We continue to worship through the giving of our tithes and offerings as the ushers come to wait upon us.
Please join me in the prayer of dedication. Lord Jesus, with gratitude for our belonging to your community of love, we bring these gifts and dedicate ourselves to your mission. Use them according to your will and wisdom, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Okay, please join with me in the scripture lesson today, 1 Corinthians chapters 1, 10 through 18, and chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree that, that, and that there be no division among you, but that you be untied in the same mind and the same judgment. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you, my brothers. What I mean is that each one of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one may say that you were baptized in my name. I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech of wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. The Lord of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Thank you. That was beautiful. According to my sermon files, this is the 175th sermon that I've preached at this church. Yes, I counted them. <laughs> Many of them I preached twice when we were having two services here. Some of them I preached uh, sitting in a chair out there in the narthex. A few of them I preached from the children's library. I even preached of them out in the parking lot while you all sat in your cars and listened on the radio. A handful of those 175 sermons were rewrites of sermons I had preached elsewhere. Some of the 175, no doubt, will get rewritten and used again in the future. Not included in the 175 are the Christmas Eve and Christmas Day sermons that I didn't get to preach last month. Those will have to wait for another Christmas in another congregation. The biblical that I've preached on over the past three and a half years are wide-ranging, from Genesis to Revelation, from Samson in the Old Testament to James in the New, from all of the signs in the Gospel of John to all of the chapters in the book of Daniel. We've looked at prophecy, we've looked at law, we've read poetry and parables and doctrine and ethics. Through it all, I pray that I have kept the focus on Christ that is what scripture is all about, pointing to the truth of Jesus Christ. And that is what matters for a church, staying focused on Jesus Christ. We've been through some real challenges as a congregation in these past three and a half years together. When I first got here, things were just getting smoothed out from controversies of the past that had nearly destroyed the congregation. Things were coming back together. We were beginning to make some traction, and then COVID hit. We weathered that storm better than many congregations, I must say. Though it was not easy, you pulled together as a church, and you not only survived but thrived coming out of the pandemic. We were well-positioned as a congregation to make some great progress, and then disaffiliation hit. Once again, the congregation was threatened with being pulled apart. And once again, you pulled together as a church. Instead of fighting, you chose to talk and listen and pray. Despite serious differences, you have chosen to love one another as Christ has loved you. And because of that, you are once again well-positioned to thrive as a church. And then you find out, all of a sudden, out of the blue that your pastor is being taken away. Because supposedly there's some other church that needs him more. And you're saying, but we need him here. And you see how every time you're right on the precipice of something great, the rug gets pulled out from under you. And it feels like this is just another instance of the same thing, that things will begin to unravel yet again. I understand why you feel that way, but I do believe that things are different this time, and more important than that, I know why things are different this time, and if I can help you today to see how things are different this time and why, then it will be worth more than all the other 174 sermons I've preached over the last three and a half years. 
I'm going to let you in on the secret this morning, the secret of why we weathered the challenges of COVID better than most congregations and how it is that we came through the disaffiliation conversations stronger than most congregations. If you will all just adopt this one secret as your own modus operandi, as I believe you already have, then you will continue to thrive as a congregation. And the secret isn't really a secret at all. It's something that every Christian ought to know already. It's printed right there in the scriptures, in the word of God for all to see. It was read aloud this morning for all to hear. Did you miss it? Are you ready for it? Here's the secret. 1 Corinthians 2.2 I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That is the secret that isn't really a secret, or at least it shouldn't be a secret. It should be the commitment of every Christian to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. Paul wrote this letter to the church in Corinth. Talk about a church that had been through some conflict. The Corinthians were a mess. There's no two ways about that. They had divisions amongst themselves, prejudices against one another. They debated who was most important. They argued over who should be making the decisions. They bragged about their own spiritual gifts and downplayed the gifts of others. They organized themselves into cliques. Paul gets right to it. In the first chapter, he writes about these divisions, saying it ought not to be so. The people are dividing themselves based on who follows whom, which one is their preferred leader, which one they think ought to be in charge. Paul calls these divisions into question. He challenges the Corinthians to rise above their quarrelsome ways. He asks rhetorically, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Paul knew that if the Corinthians made their church about one particular person, boasted in their leader, pitting one side against another, the whole thing would come crashing down. Because the church in Corinth is not about Paul. The church in Corinth is not about Apollos. The church in Corinth is not about Cephas, Peter. The church in Corinth is only about Christ. The church everywhere and always is only about Christ. Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I find it interesting that Paul is the one who wrote that. There were people in Corinth who considered themselves acolytes of Paul, Paul was the one who presented the gospel to them. Paul was the one who got their church started. Paul was the one to whom they looked for their teaching. Paul was their leader. No one who came to Corinth after Paul could possibly live up to his standard. No one else could do it right. It was all about Paul. And to that, Paul said, hogwash. Well, he probably didn't use the word hogwash. That's not a very Jewish thing to say. But... But whatever the first century Jewish equivalent of that would be, 
Rubbish, maybe. Paul used that word a lot, rubbish. Paul let them know that if they were looking to anyone other than Christ, including Paul himself, then they were missing the mark. If anyone else had written this letter, it would have been been seen as competition between the writer and Paul. That's how the Corinthians thought in terms of competition. If someone else had tried to set the Corinthians straight, writing, was Paul crucified for you or were you baptized in the name of Paul? The Corinthians would have thought, wow, this guy's really jealous of Paul, isn't he? He, he? he just doesn't like the fact that we trust Paul more than him. It's not our fault that he can't measure up to Paul. It took Paul himself to write them, to tell them, no, this is not a matter of jealousy. This is not a matter of preference. This is a matter of theology. This is a matter of believing God. When I came to you, Paul writes, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God in lofty speech and wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now let's be real. Paul did at times use lofty speech and wisdom, didn't he? There are some of his letters that you read and and the language is so dense and high-minded and you sit there reading it over and over again going, what is this guy talking about? I know I've been guilty of that kind of speech once or twice myself. Sometimes when I look back at some of those previous 174 sermons, I think, man, that was a bit much. And Paul did know plenty of things other than Christ crucified. Paul was a master rhetorician. He knew the law like the back of his hand. He had a good grasp on civics and government. He had a clear understanding of ethics. But here's what he meant when he said to the Corinthians, I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Anything else that he thought about, anything else that he taught them, any other bit of knowledge or wisdom that he possessed and passed on to them, all of it was informed by the truth of Jesus Christ and the sacrifice he made for us. Paul made sure that in everything he did to lead the church in Corinth, he never took his eyes off the cross. He never lost sight on the truth of Jesus Christ, crucified for our salvation. That, and that alone, is the only thing that matters when it comes to being the church. Paul, as the saying goes, kept the first thing the first thing, the cross of Jesus Christ. I have endeavored to make that the focus of my ministry among you. I know that I have sometimes fallen back on lofty speech and wisdom, just as Paul did at times. I have paid attention to other matters. I have known other things. Paul did too. But in everything, we never lose sight of Jesus Christ and him crucified. That is the foundation of all that we do as a church. How is it that faith community weathered COVID more successfully than many other congregations? Because we kept the focus on Christ and him crucified. It was never about what I think, what I want, how I feel about masks, how I feel about the guidelines being given, who might be peddling misinformation, whether we can be on the same team because you believe something different than I do about the virus. 
We, all of us, had our opinions about those things, but we didn't allow those opinions to define us as a church or divide us as a people. We stayed focused on Christ and him crucified in all the decisions that we made. We remembered that Jesus Christ sacrificed his own life for our salvation and for the sake of the whole world. And we decided that setting aside our own comfort and opinions for the good of our brothers and sisters in our church was a reasonable sacrifice to make in response to the Christ who calls us to take up our cross and follow him. That doesn't mean that we liked it all. It doesn't mean that the entire congregation agreed with every decision that was made. It means we didn't allow those differences of opinion to divide us because we always stayed focused on Christ. That has always been my goal with this church, that you would ask yourselves not what do I want or what does Pastor Andy say about it, but what does the truth of Jesus Christ and the sacrifice he made for us on the cross demand of us in return? Discussions regarding disaffiliation have been tearing through the United Methodist Church for almost a year now. For many congregations, those battles are ongoing. Other churches have been ripped apart by ugly debates and votes which have forced brothers and sisters in Christ to choose sides. People who worship side by side for decades have parted ways with one another. There's been some of that here as well. We have faced some repercussions of those divisions, just like every other Methodist church that has taken up the discussion. But compared to most congregations that have gone through those discussions, the damage here has really been quite minimal, and the healing has been swift. While other churches continue to battle that storm, the waters here are calm, and the spirit is peaceful. There is a definite sense of unity despite our differences, that you don't get in a lot of Methodist churches these days. Why is that? It's simple. Because we have kept the focus on Jesus Christ and him crucified. We have not forgotten that our oneness in Christ transcends the divisions of our society, the divisions that Satan so desperately wants us to focus on. Our oneness in Christ because of the sacrifice Jesus made for us on the cross. For all of us, that salvation transcends any differences of opinion, even serious and significant differences between well-meaning and faithful Christians. Salvation in Christ, offered freely by God's grace to all who believe in his name, means more than anything else. That salvation purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ upon the cross, is what defines us and unites us, and not anything else. I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. You want to know why this church is in such a great position right now, and why I have no fear for you for, for the days ahead after I leave. Because I know, like Paul knew, that it's not about me. It's about Jesus Christ and him crucified.
you have all decided to make that your focus as a church. You have, not me. I could have preached nothing but Christ in every one of those 175 sermons I've preached to you, and still it would not have made any difference if you decided to stay focused on the divisions among you. Instead, instead you have decided to do what the Bible calls you to as a church, and that is to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was so excited to meet Pastor Jeff and Suzanne when they came over to see the parsonage where they're going to be living. Laura and I got to talk with them and hear a little of their story. It never ceases to amaze me the way God lines things up perfectly in ways that we never could have predicted. I am confident that God is bringing them here to you for the next great steps that you will take together as a church. Jeff has certain gifts that I don't have, and together you will be able to accomplish things that you never would have with me as your pastor. This is truly a great and exciting time at Faith Community United Methodist Church in Xenia. But my confidence for this congregation is not because of Jeff Bandy, great as I think he is for you. My confidence for you is in God. Just as Paul said to the Corinthians, it's not about Paul. It's not about Apollos. It's not about Cephas. It's not about Andy. It's not about Jeff. It's about Christ. Keep your focus on Jesus Christ and him crucified in all that you do. And God will be with you. He will bless you as you continue to do amazing things for his kingdom. And God's spirit of unity and peace will continue to bind your hearts together in perfect love. God bless you all. Amen. If you would now please stand as you're able for our closing hymn, it's number 77, How Great Thou Art.
isn't our God great? I pray that in the days to come, you will continue to keep the first thing, the first thing. It is all about Jesus. Go in the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. As you remain standing, we're going to sing together our congregational benediction, which is number uh, 672. We're going to sing verses 1 and 2 of God be with you till we meet again. Let us sing together. Yeah. 